So there's one term I use called selfing. Very important. Yeah, selfing is a, a mental activity. It's happening in one's head. Yes, and the selfing implies that there's a self. Yeah, and in recovery, the root of the problem is obsession with self. Yes, that's the root of the problem. If you follow the big book, it takes you back there. So if the obsession, so if you look at obsessions and you think about the levels or the degrees of obsession, I would say identification with would be the highest form of obsession. Yeah? You ever see those horror movies or those movies where some lady gets obsessed over a starlet and starts buying the same clothes, starts dressing, likes to go out with the starlet's boyfriends, then starts killing the boyfriends, and then tries to kill the starlet to become the starlet. So that's pretty obsessive, yeah? So she is, she's trying to go to the level of identification. We're starting there. <laughs> We're identified already. <laughs> and then it's a reverse, it's like re- reverse engineering. We're obsessing over it to reinforce the identification. Yeah. <laughs> you would think, now she obsessed over it to try to produce the identification. But we, in a sense, this is the humble take, we start at that level, which is an extreme level of identification, and now the obsession isn't to get identified, it's just to reinforce the identification. So all the time you're thinking about you, it has a different agenda than you may think. It has an agenda to keep uh, blowing up the doll of you all day. What do you think you have like 70,000 thoughts a day, they say? And maybe you're aware of a couple of thousand of them going through your head. Are those days applicable, those thoughts applicable to the day you're in? Let's say if you're a house painter. I was a house painter. I didn't need 2,000 thoughts to do a day of painting, you know. I was never really confused when I walked in. There usually was four walls and a ceiling and some windows and trim. And then I'd have thoughts about where to go to get lunch or this or that. But definitely not even close to 2,000 were needed to navigate the day. Then why are there so many of them? Well, a lot of them, I believe, they're there to reinforce the idea of being you. Because your thought into existence... You're not existing to think. You're thought into existence. Yeah. When we were babies, when we were kids, supposedly, and this is that's a stretch. We weren't kids, but let's the language. It's difficult to uh, get out of what it implies, which is you. Let me give you an example of the language that li- all the thoughts that you're hearing in your head. Most of us to hear is being heard in English. Some people are being heard in Indonesian. Let's say yes. But mostly in this room, the thoughts that are happening in one's head that you hear are in English. They're in the language, English, yeah? Now, like two years ago, I went back east to do some talks, and they hadn't seen me in a while, and my hair had grown pretty long. And so every, a number of people, I'd come into a talk, and they go, oh, Paul, you're growing your hair, you know? And it was like, oh yeah, I'm growing my hair, I'm doing an incredible job, you know, and I got together with other people who are growing their hair, and we speed up our growth by being together, growing our hair. But I have nothing to do with it. As long as I don't cut it, it grows, yeah? But the language implies I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. That is just one example of it doing it quite a lot. 
you're, there's an assumption that's, that's being laid down as the base beat of the thought system going on in your head. The assumption is that there's a you, and that you're the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, the thinker, the doer. <laughs> you, you've acquired a lot of power, or a lot of authority, or a lot of positions you don't actually have. Yeah. And another example... We could sit here today and I could start joking around, oh, i got to stop the meeting early because I ate a burrito early and I forgot to digest it. i got to go home to digest the burrito. And then last night's pizza I forgot also. I, put, I thought I put an hour away, but something from two days ago, like a tuna fish sandwich, I had to deal with that. So i got to spend like maybe the whole weekend to digest all the food I ate that week. Yeah, But it's obviously I'm not digesting the food, isn't it? Obvious. But when people talk about a much subtler system or process of the body, and the brain is part of the body, a much subtler process of the body, which is thinking, it's assumed that you're the thinker. That you're doing that. Yeah? But it's, you would laugh out loud if someone would start claiming that they were the digester of the food. But everyone is totally in, co- in alignment with that, oh yeah, you're thinking, you're thinking's driving you crazy, yes? You don't see it? It's a process of the body-brain, just like you don't believe you're pumping your, your uh, blood, do you? Or you're, you're, you're firing the synapses of the nervous system, or you're beating your heart. No, everyone sort of laughs. It's all involuntary. But then there's a system that's going on, and I would say quite involuntary. There's a system going on, the thought system, yet you're, you're held to be the thinker of them. And as soon as you become the thinker of the thoughts, you're bound to the thoughts that are supposedly thunk, I think they'd say it, right? That way. Yeah? You are, you're bound to them. Because now you can't let a thought arise and just see it as a thought. It's held as it's your thought, Yeah? And then it's your thought, and that, that claim of a thought, what does it do? It breeds more thoughts. That's a bad thought. Yeah, I sure can't tell anyone I had this thought today. <laughs> Man, if they knew I thought this, they would fucking, you know what I mean? And it just rips, like incredibly. Same thing, feeling. Yeah, feelings got happening. Yeah, no one is like, you know, sitting here and calling sadness in, you know, and it's, it's down, it's like 48th and... Uh, you know, Noriega, he'll be here about 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, I'm bringing the sadness in, the sadness in. But when a feeling occurs that you call sadness, it's your feeling. Like somehow you had something to do with it, yeah? Yet the feeling seemed to sort of, sort of uh, creep up behind and take you over, but you assume that they were yours, and if you assume that they were yours, if you don't like the feeling, you assume that you, you shouldn't have had that feeling which a lot of people share. They say, man, I don't want to feel that. But they've already felt it. Yeah? You see the powerlessness of it? They felt something, and they had the next thought is, I didn't want to feel that, but you felt it. <laughs> because you weren't prior to the feeling. You arise with the feeling. The, the idea of you arises after the consciousness is in contact with the feeling, then there's a sense of you arises. You arise and depart all day. If you're doing something you love, time seems to rush, rush by. When you do something you don't like, it's dragging on, isn't it? So how can you say there's something called time when it's bent by your own subjectivity? If you're feeling really great when you're doing something you really enjoy, 
Why is it those are the most beautiful moments in your life? Because at that point, when you're doing something you really enjoy, you're in a state of forgetting of what? Self. You forget yourself. Just like we do in recovery, we do service to forget ourselves. By doing work, by being attentive to someone else. And then it tends to work that you feel better. After a whole day trying to conspire how to feel better, you get to feel better when you give up how to, you know, conspiring to feel better. You try to see how other people are doing, and what happens, you feel better. Yeah? And you can do it a hundred times, and you're probably back like 95% of the work. Yes? So, when you're doing something you really love, let's say it's surfing or whatever it may be, what happens is, there's the forgetfulness of self. And if, and then you realize, hopefully you realize, well, the, what happens if I can forget self? Self must be remembered, yeah? Voila, now you're on to something. It's in the remembrance of self that you forget what you are, and it's in the forgetfulness of self that you live from what you are. Yeah? Not like you're not living from what you are at every minute, but the interpretation that you're not living from what you are is dismissed because you've lost interest in it. Yeah? Your interest and attention, just like if I'm in the water, my interest and attention isn't on eight weeks ago when I was in the water, nor is it on five months later when I will be in the water. It's engaged in being in the water. Yeah. Because there's a, I have a joy. It's, it's a predilection of this apparatus that I enjoy water. So every time, like, my girlfriend sees me, I have a smile like when I had when I was four years old when I come out of the water. Almost every session, no matter if I caught a lot of ways or not, I'm happy as a little clam. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't do, I don't do anything to talk myself into it. I have to do a lot of talking myself out of it, really. I don't do anything that, I'm going to have fun today. It just happens. Yeah? So, there's a great, there's a great uh, Zen master, a Buddhist master from Japan, told, called Dogen. And one of his statements, out of many, he's, and I'm not going to use the whole one, but he says, to study Buddhism, or let's say to study AA, to study whatever is to uh, learn about the self, yeah? And when you learn about the self, what happens? You forget the self. Because if you really learn about the self, you learn that you're not that. And when you're not that, you lose interest in it. You lose interest in what's producing the feeling of being you because you're bored with it, yeah? Your interest and attention now is freed from that slavery, and it's a slavery. It's called obsession with self. It's a freaking slavery. You're now free from that, your interest and attention, and now it can go other places, which I find enrich your life. Instead of enslaving your life in this little time, this like continuum of time, which the, the emphasis is not on this moment, it's on yesterday and tomorrow. Just get, look at, take a five minute snippet of your thought system and see where its value lies. Its value doesn't lie here, its value lies there and then. You're thinking about what's going to happen to you and what did happen to you. And now you're totally unconscious to what is happening. Not to you, but through you and for you and as you and as us. Yeah? This is called, and see, you know, like when you were a young kid, I wasn't in an abusive situation. I was just, I was just free without knowing I was free. You know, just hanging out, playing, doing whatever. So, at that point, life was just happening, yeah? 
I wasn't taking, you know, life was happening. And then a mental process started to occur, maybe when I was four or five. I started to think about myself. I didn't know what it was, but I thought a lot about it, yeah? <laughs> and so now, the thing, life is happening shifted into life's happening to me. Life's happening to me is an interpretation. Life ha- life's happening is an event. They're totally different. Totally different. They're based on the same thing, life's happening, but the effect is totally different. When life is happening to me, it's a totally different effect than when I see life is happening. It just totally is. Now, you may like that because you'll be the center of the universe when life is happening to you. <laughs> but I'm definitely, I'm, I, I have a confident feeling that you're not going to like a lot of what life happens to you as. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to run into a giant wall, a giant factual wall called your inherent powerlessness as what you're not. And you're not going to, no matter how much you argue with the way it is, it's going to be the way it is. <laughs> it's not going to bend to you your will. You have to fit yourself around it to get along here. You cannot make life fit around you. It's going to, you're going to get strangled. Yeah. So... It's good if you have a. It's good to have the right diagnosis of what maybe you're suffering from. Yeah, I feel that's what happened with me. I'm talking from the recovery right now. Yeah, about my eleventh year of recovery, this information I, I received from hearing it, sort of like at a meeting like this, not recovery based, but I heard it. And then, of course, it infused my recovery. This information, and the information illuminated my program because it got to the exact nature of the wrong and in my my humble view the exact nature of wrong is the act of being identified it is not obsession obsession is what the mind does to keep reinforcing the identification yes no matter how boring it is it's going to keep on running it because it's working it's gluing your attention to the one who's who's this and the one who's that. Yeah, that's all it's meant to do, really. You think, oh, the same old, I hear the same old, same old all day, but it's like the same old, same old glue. It's just being applied because it seems to be working. You're identifying as it, so it just keeps on pouring the glue. Yeah. So you get bonded to this idea of being a self through the obsession. But the idea of being a self is prior to the obsession. That's the identification as yeah. And I, that's what happened. My program shifted from dealing with the obsession with self to seeing it as a foreign installment. And my program uh, radically got big, much bigger. And, and then I started being able to experience what they say on page 84, that the problem will not exist for you anymore. That you'll cease fighting everyone and anything. That this stuff will happen with no thought or effort on your part. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality. It does not say you will achieve a place of neutrality. You'll struggle hard and work hard and do extreme turbocharged things to get to a position of neutrality. It says, no, you'll be placed there. Yeah. Like a surrender. Hey, I can't get out of self as a self. So, <laughs> that takes you out. Yeah. So now, you have a living sense of what's being stated as, this is what can happen to you if you entertain these possibilities. Yeah. And Bill W. uses the exact nature of the wrong quite, you know, sternly. And why not get to it? Yeah? Why not start there and see what happens? 
It's not a threat to the program. The th- program is meant to be a foundation. You're the illuminating factor to it, not the book. You're the what gives life to the book. I know a lot of people who hated the book and then something happens in their head and now they love it. The book didn't change. <laughs> it was the same print, the same pages, the same statements. Your mind changed. And that's all that's necessary. You don't need another freaking book. Just have to change your mind. Any book will do. <laughs> Let that get initiated. And that's the bearer of the light. Instead of looking for artificial lights, which are always going to dim down, especially when you most need them. Philosophies are great when you're in a philosophical class, but let's get Tuesday at 10.30, you know? <laughs> when you're dealing, let's say, with bureaucracy. <laughs> let's see how the philosophy works. <laughs> no, you need something that's much more reliable, and it's not of the thought system. Yeah, the dilemma is in the thought system. You don't want to go where the, you don't want to go to what's producing the problem, looking for a solution. It's insanity. It's truly insane. I'm telling you, bro. It is totally insane to go to a mental solution to the mental problem. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta open up to another modality. Or are you just gonna be running around? You think you'll have it. You'll think you're getting it, or then, but you'll be losing it again, and, and it goes on and on. Or like the thing of surrender and recovery. Surrender is a trip, because in recovery, that's like the highest, one of the highest things, is surrender. Yes? The, the whole program, the beginning of it, is based on surrender. That's the third step. Turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power. Yep. So what happens, though, if you, I've watched, because I've been in recovery for a long time, I've watched a lot of people, and, and myself included. So they have this surrender, but what, what happened is, they were identified as a self, when they went through this ritual surrender. And from the self's point of view, whatever I give, give away, I can take back at any time. Yeah? So we have this thing of surrender, but then something like, I want to meet that babe, and I know it's not right, but I still want to do it. Then we take back the will, and it's like a, it's like a, a bully in a, in a play yard. He gives, the, he gives the candy to a little weak kid, and says, all right, I give them to you. But then when he wants them back, he takes them back. So which is the bigger God in that situation? The God you're surrendering to or the God that's surrendering? Yes, it's the self. The selfing is surrendered, and it's definitely going to not surrender. <laughs> when something comes that's important to it, it's going to say, screw that, I'm going to go. But if you surrender the idea of being a self, that's very cool because then something can occur where, where the surrender won't be an experience that comes and goes. It will turn into a state called surrendered. Yes? You'll be very clear that you're screwed. It doesn't matter that you were screwed when you're in 1988 and suddenly 26 years produced this magical effect that I'm not screwed anymore. 2014, and I'm going to do some recreational coke use intravenously. And then 2014, a day later, I'm going to be screwed again. Worse than I was 26 years ago. <laughs> so there's no... The screwed is basically an active possibility based on the condition of what we call your spiritual condition or your mind's condition. If the mind's condition changes, there it goes. <laughs> you know, you can, it may take 25 years to build you to a point of where you are in sobriety. It takes five minutes to blow it away. 
<laughs> you get loaded and you'll be right back at square one. I've seen it happen. I've seen pros, intravenous users, some of them I knew when I was out there using, and these people must have shot up thousands of times. They had the program, they had the grace, they went out maybe two years, three years into it, and they overdosed the first weekend. They were dead. I mean, over and over again. Not just once, but a number of times. Yeah? So, we're living on grace, baby. We're living on grace. As long as we're open to that grace, we'll keep on living the way we are, sober. If we take over, the, or if we get caught up by the idea that I, that I can do it, you're going to get done too. <laughs> by you. <laughs> Sooner or later, man. Sooner or later. It may not be the first night, but it will be some night or someday. I've seen it. My own, one of my... One of my favorite people when I was sober, this girl Wendy, she went out in 22 years and she's had a bitch of a time for three years trying to get sober again. So if you have it, man, honor it by giving it away. So where was I? Okay, so that selfing is an important statement. Selfing, because I like the term selfing because I think calling it a self, a small s, gives it too much credit because that's a noun. I'd like to keep it as exactly what it is. It's a process that can't build its beast unless it has your interest and attention. Yeah. The selfing just selfs. It just says, it insinuates you're the doer. It insinuates you're the thinker. It implies that you're the feeler. But it needs your, your belief in it. Yeah? And usually it's an unconscious or let's say a lazy type of belief. It, it needs that to sort of fulfill its, its dream of being, quote-unquote, a self. Yeah? You're the one that gives it the juice. It doesn't have any juice. It's sort of like the movie isn't good or bad. It's the audience that makes it so. Yeah? So the selfing is like talking, oh, yes, this is going to happen to you. All right, let me simply. Look at the thought system, okay? Take a snippet of it, just a day, maybe a half hour or whatever. Okay, the thought system pictures you as a body. When you're thinking about you, you think about you as a body. That's what conjures up, yeah? The thoughts conjure up a sense of being a body, yeah? And so, all right, and so that's what the thoughts are about you as a body, let's say in the past, yeah? They, they go there. You don't go, you don't go far, as far in the past for anyone other than you. <laughs> Everyone else you give up after like the first year. <laughs> Fuck it. Stan, you're on your own. Mary, you're on your own. But because it's me, it has enough oomph to pull my interest and attention all the way back there ten years ago, which isn't happening at all, you know. <laughs> and think about... Oh, I wish, you know, I'm in this condition now because I did that, you yeah? I'll give you an example, just with hurting my knee. Much smaller version. So, I hurt my knee January 6th, surfing. Right at Ocean Beach, yeah? Okay. I didn't go get, didn't go have an operation, rehab. It was feeling pretty good. The doctor was saying, well, when you feel good enough and you think you can do it, do what you love. So, I went back in the water throughout the knee in like five minutes. Yeah? So now it's now May, and it's been happening. I had the operation in April, and I've had a lot of uh, unintended consequences with the operation. So, and there's still, I mean, I told my friend Deb today, I'm not hoping for progress, I just don't want regression anymore. <laughs> if I don't regress, I'll be happy today, because I've been getting bad news 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Go the other way. So my head will go, well, it's been since January. Yeah? So let's say I feel uncomfortable today. Not that bad. But now you add, I've been uncomfortable since January. That's four fucking months of uncomfortableness. Jesus, I'm really uncomfortable. You see? You see how it does it? It can't produce the, dr- the, the, the drama it wants to produce with a day, but if it adds some time to it, man, it can make it pretty damn juicy. So you're carrying not the weight of the day, you're carrying a mythical weight of many, many other days that have been all added like a necklace that's been threaded just while you're sitting there by your thought system. You think it's a necklace, like you're going to wear it, it's all about you, but it's a noose. <laughs> you're going to be hung by it. <laughs> all right, so okay. So I'm thinking about me in the past, and I picture myself as a body. This is impersonal. This is what the mind does. Self-centered mind. Okay? So now what am I doing right now? I'm remembering me, right? I'm thinking about Paul January 5th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Every day, every day before January sixth was great, which is a lie. But you know, it has to embellish quite a lot to get its point on. So January fifth, I'm thinking about myself. <laughs> I'm a surfer. All that's gone now. <laughs> so there I am. January fifth, I'm thinking about myself. So you call it remembering, yeah? But where is where am I remembering it? Am I remembering it? In January, or am I remembering it now? By thinking about January. I'm remembering it now, yeah? Okay. So now, alright, I'm going to the future. Uh, future where I'm, my leg's been cut off. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm destitute. I'm, you know, I have signs. I'll talk for food on one crutch down at Division Highway. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things aren't looking good for Paul <laughs> in the future, yeah? <laughs> so, so I'm worried about Paul in the future. But where is the feeling of worry or concern or anxiety happening now? Yeah? Okay. So this is simple, very simple. This is happening all day, all day. So when I'm thinking about Paul five years ago or five minutes ago, I'm remembering Paul now. Yeah, I'm remembering Paul as a body, Paul as the doer, because there's a lot of guilt and shame for me going back in the water in March and hurting my knee again. I'm telling you, it's a fertile field of fucking guilt and shame, ready to burst open if I water my attention. <laughs> I mean, and many of us, we have an irrigation system where it goes on automatically. Now I have a little more say in the matter. I have to water it, and I'm not watering it much. But you know, most of us, we're just, what's seven o'clock at night? And then by the time in the morning, you're fucked totally. You know, what the hell? I went to bed feeling pretty good. Well, you know, because it grows fast. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm remembering myself now as a body by thinking about myself as a body then. You know, it's simple, simple, you know, science, you can see it this way. And I'm remembering myself. We call it a for, it called worrying, but it's another remembrance of yourself. Because you remember yourself now worrying about yourself in the future. Yeah? It's another form of remembering. We only think we're remembering us in the past, but we're using the future, the mental process is using the future for the same result. Yeah? So you're getting remembered by thinking of yourself there and thinking of yourself then. Or the logic would be, I was there. Yeah? 
I was there as this action figure. I will be there as this action figure. Therefore, I am here as this action figure. Yeah? So now it's gotten, it's crowned as the reality. Yes? Not by it happening, but by a mental activity. Yeah? You didn't think you were here as a Paul when you were a young kid. You were just here. There was no defined line. Now there's a hugely defined line. So now, I re- I've been remembering me, because the thought system does this all day. It thinks about you. Why we use the word resentment in recovery. We look at resentments, yeah? Resentment means to re-feel. It's from the Latin. Re means do again, and sentere means to feel. So resentment is a re-feeling. So something happens today, and it refers to a thing I thought happened to me in the past, yeah? And it triggers a memory, emotionally, physically, and I get resentful. Okay? That is that you're, everything you're feeling is a refeeling. Everything you're thinking is a rethinking. Everything you're going over is a rehashing of it. It's all it is. We're living an interpretation from as soon as we wake up in the self to when we go to bed. When we're in deep sleep, we're relieved. We have the, the freely given state of our own sense of what we are in deep sleep, but the rest of the time, we're living an interpretation, which is not living. It's sorry. It's, it's based on living, but it's not living. Yeah. Because there's not much the awareness of the actual living. There's a lot of awareness, a hyper-awareness of who's living. And who's living ain't living. Who's living is a story. Yeah. Living is what's going on. But who's living is a story about what's going on. Yeah. So if you see it, see that that which has produced the problem cannot ever hatch the solution. So maybe you'll realize that axiom we use in recovery, self can't get out of self, so that you'll stop trying. Yeah. And you'll surrender. And you'll admit, man, I am overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed here. This isn't about trying to manage better. I realized my managing was what made life unmanageable. Life's not unmanageable. If it was, it would be unmanageable to everybody. It's not. We give it the meaning it has. It can be either one. It can be manageable or not. It's based more on us than on it. Yeah? Some people, some Tibetan monks have been thrown in a Chinese prison for 20 years, and they're fucking blissed out. They can survive in that little mud little encasement. Yeah, so it's not based on the basic circumstances, though they can be used as an imp- a huge imposition. It's based on the meaning that those circumstances are given. And that meaning is going to come from us, not from the circumstance. We're going to give the circumstance a meaning. Yeah? What would happen if you changed? Everything would. What if you change everything? Nothing changes. <laughs> We've tried that, haven't we? You know, when I had like 15, let's say 12 romantic relationships and none of them seemed to have worked, whatever that meant. When I looked at them and explored them, there was one constant in all of them, me. <laughs> it wasn't I ran into the same woman every time. I ran into all the different women from the same Paul. <laughs> Paul was a determining factor. <laughs> and hallelujah, that's great news if you're not Paul. <laughs> Seriously, because then there's an option. If it's Paul, hey, fucking, you know, couples therapy. I always feel bad. 
this shit's not going to work. Like three years of couples therapy just to break through the denial that it's not going to work. You know, just fucking admit it. I can't do this. I can't do this shit. Nor can you. Let's surrender and maybe it will work. But I mean, <laughs> I just don't see it happening. You know? <laughs> so, if you can stop seeing that something you take to be so is produced, yeah, then how could be something that's produced be so? You know? I think you come prior to the productions. I don't think you're a product. I think you're a being in a way. You're not in all this, you know, not in this whole formatted place of doing and having, hopefully to get into a state of being. All you do is get into another mental state. All the doing and having. You've got to go backwards to get to the being, not forward through doing and having to arrive at the being. Realize that you never left the being and that there's no need to arrive there. Yeah? And how do I do that? I don't. I just question what's being taken to be me. And if I find out, even if there's a little bit of suspicion starts arising, I start feeling a lot more spacious. I start getting relief. The thoughts don't seem to be so glued to me because they're not mine anymore. I can see them. Yeah? And if you let them be, they come and go. Yeah? And then you're not navigated by the thoughts anymore. You're navigated by something else that doesn't have to say something. It's more out of silence or whatever you want to call it. You get familiar with that and you start living more intuitively and stuff like that. And where you can see things clearly, you meet people who can. What can? Like I have trouble seeing things clearly about my physical health because I have a predilection towards being a hypochondriac, you know? in this thing. So I have to go to masters of other things, to get, just like if my car's broken down. i got to go to a mechanic, you know? So I find people that can assist me. They don't do it to me. They allow the energy to move. Yeah, they participate in something. Yeah? Just like we're doing here. This is an introductory offer. I'm not giving you anything. I'm just pointing something out, and you're the one who will find it or not. Yeah? And it never, it's never not going to be an introductory offer because you're the product. But most of us are hell-bent in not accepting that, man. We just want to keep on keeping on being right about how small we are. Yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But stop griping, you know, like publicly. Or at least calling me up on the phone. You know? If you want misery, have it. Who's there to say, you don't, you can't have misery? Go ahead. But why dump it on others? You know? <laughs> they may not want misery anymore. You know what I mean? I don't want to... F- hey, I, hey, bro, I won't, don't worry. You can have your misery. <laughs> you know? Just don't pour it on me, please. <laughs> if they want help, I'm more than happy to. But sometimes you can see it. They don't want help. They want to be right. They want to be right at how wrong they are. So fuck it. <laughs> I don't want to participate in that. Yeah, it's not healthy for any... It's not healthy for either of us, really. I mean, shit. So, selfing, an action figure is the feeling of being this, yeah? An action figure is a body. Actions occur through this body. 
whoever got this insane idea that I'm the doer of it is it's insanity. When you were a kid and you were swinging your shit around when you were awake, you know, like nine months old, oh, you weren't apologizing for hitting your mom and dad. You didn't even know who they were. <laughs> you just life was moving and you were doing your things and everyone loved them. They go, oh, look at that, look at how love, how free he is. But we're going to make sure he won't be in two more years. You know, right? If you're Paul, you're Paul. Don't pull those pants down in public. Don't take a shit now. Get over here. You know, okay. Shame him into some fucking subservience. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you don't have to go along with the herd. I have this cartoon I wanted to do. Maybe you'll do this. It's like a, there's a slack uh, pickup, flatbed pickup with slats on it, yeah? And there's all these cows in it. And the thing, and there's a sign on, and there's a driver, and there's a sign on the door that says, you know, Max's meat pa- meat packing plant. So all the cows are just sort of like they got the cut, you know, chewing cut hangover, and they're just sitting there. But there's one like this, and I say the awakened one. Sometimes the other cows don't like that. They don't like that. <laughs> but screw them, there's no other cows anyway. There's no, there's no cow to be found. <laughs> so, action figure, selfing, what else do I usually say? No, that's probably, that's good enough. So if you study, see, there's a lot of processes. Most spiritual programs now are about assuming a basic state that you're in and then trying to move from there to get better, yeah? Try to find something, add on to it, uh, mute it, mute the bad points, amplify the good points, yes? And usually how it goes about is doing and having, yeah? So you do stuff and then you'll have stuff, let's say experiences, and then sooner or later you'll have do enough and have enough experiences it's going to produce a state of being yeah I don't think that works seriously I think there's a state of being already in place yeah that whatever doing having would occur would be like Ramana Maharshi says a great master basically all spiritual practices their point is to diminish the ignorance of what's really so yeah it's not finding what's so, it's just diminishing the ignorance that's blocking you off from what's so, yeah? So that's what recovery does to me. Recovery, the steps do, is they diminish a mental condition. Alcoholism is a mental condition. It produces physical effects, but it's a mental condition, yeah? It lives in there, it jacks into the thought system, it presents you as this idea, and it has thoughts about you that other people of alcoholism have the same thoughts, yeah? And they have the same feelings, and they have the, basically the same reactions to life. And when we come into recovery, we're usually in, in a thick shell of terminal uniqueness, we, hear, we share, hear people share, and it may lead you to realize, hey, how could these be my thoughts if you're sharing these thoughts, you know? Or, how can these be my feelings if you and you and you are having them? And how can these be my heinous acts if you do this, you've done the same thing in your life? Yeah? It breaks the terminal uniqueness and recovery is a possible. Yeah? From what? Recovery from self. Alcoholism is just an extreme subdivision of self. Self is the real root of the problem. Yeah? 
Because you can recover from alcoholism and not recover from identification of self. Definitely. I've seen it a lot. Yeah. So, to me, it's necessary if you have an alcoholic mind to recover from alcoholism, and then you can be happy there, or you can go farther, if you like, and entertain the root of the exact nature of the role. Yeah? And see what happens. It may uh, illuminate your program quite a lot. For me, it has. It brought new meaning to things I had read more than, you know, thousands of times. When I read the word self, I saw it as a parasitical movement. I saw it as a foreign installment. I didn't see it as me anymore. Yeah? And that was the beginning of a real, real radical relief, which hasn't ended yet. Sometimes it wanes and waxes, but it's, it's always available at all times. So I get to experience and live what they say on page 84, that you'll cease fighting everyone and anything that you will be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort. The thought or effort would be doing and having, yeah? So doing and having is thrown out. And you're not going to achieve a place of neutrality. You're going to be placed there, yeah? It's a different kind of movement. It's sort of like you run... It's like this. In, let's say someone has something to do, and they do it, right? Let's say there's a problem, and they take an action. And then they do a little review, maybe with their mentor, and they go, all right, Paul, you've done everything you could do about this problem. Now it's time to let it go, yeah? You went to the court, you did this, you did that. But thinking doesn't go that way. Thinking, there's no way, oh, you've fought enough, you know? The thinking, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah? And then it rethinks and goes back and on and on. It's not like action, you can say, okay, I've done enough. Yeah, put the ball down and then something picks it up. But we're, we're running with the mental ball all day. The thinking, the thinking, the thinking, the thinking. And that thing, that power, that grace that could pick it up, can't be picked, it can't pick it up when we won't put it down. And we're not putting it down because we're obsessed over those thoughts because we think it's about us. If it's not about us, you may be able to do what you seemingly couldn't do before. You'll put the thoughts down and something will take care of them. Not you. How could a thought ever get out of a thought? That's it. That's the message in my, this is my humble thing. It's, and it's, it's not like a draft or, it's like a spiritual subpoena. You've been served, for sure. But this subpoena is like, you make the date you want to show up for court. Yeah? There's no date that's laid on you. Well, there's no probation or requirements. It's up with you. But I mean, at least you've heard it now. And if it's, and it's wonderful to see when this message that's been thrown out on a lot of people, when it takes root and you see the results in people. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's, it's um, inspiring. Because I have faith in it, total faith in it. Because I've seen what it did and what it's doing. So I feel everyone in recovery has the right to hear this possibility. But we're not creating a new school of recovery or drafting anyone out of recovery to this, like a subcult of recovery. We're just offering a possibility that maybe will illuminate what your path in life is. Yeah, may illuminate it a little more. Because this message is not a path to illumination, but it will illuminate whatever path you're on. You know, like right now you're on the path of being a tourist visiting your son in San Francisco. It's, this will illuminate that. My girlfriend's a mother of two kids. It will illuminate that. I'm a slacker. It illuminates that. 
<laughs> it does. It doesn't have any opinion on about what, what the path is. It will illuminate it. Yeah. Hey, the slacker is very difficult. To do nothing is an incredible freaking difficult thing here. Because you cannot believe how the thought system enslaves you to accruing value. People who have to accrue value or they don't get, they don't, it's like uh, you don't deserve dessert tonight, you know. You get punished for not doing a lot. Man, I've given that fucking thing out the window years ago. <laughs> Punish away. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know. I, this whole thing smacks of slavery to me, literally. That's the, one of the best examples to put it out, to frame it as. It's just like a damn mental slavery. And we're a much, we're a much larger possibility than that. I feel, you know, and of course, if the struggles ensue and you lose a lot of times, if you've got the principle, you just keep relying on it. You know, that's what principles are. Principles aren't circumstantial ideas or solutions. They override circumstances. They're principles. There's soundness in them that they can be relied on at any point in any certain condition. Yeah. Well, when you find something that really works, work it. You know? So, yes, any questions today? I do. You do. Oh, well, thank you, it's good. I'm happy you have a question. Uh, All right, let's go. Does <laughs> <laughs> have a place? Yeah, it has a place for you, yeah. It has a huge place. But if you're, if you're just in the moment, you're not bothering... Well, that's a conceptual pray. idea. If you move to prayer, pray. Because what the prayer is... Is is a, an expression of what you what you actually if you're in the thought system, what what's praying is it, the prayer is an expression of what you're praying to. <laughs> you are that which you're looking for. <laughs> so in other words, to me, it's an expression. Like today, I had a I picked up a lot of stuff energetically and stuff like that lately, laying up a lot body and then disappointments about the knee. So, this morning, I listened to, uh, I went into a trance, you know, listened to some stuff and went out for about an hour. And then when I came out, I put on this beautiful thing of Ave Maria, which is a great prayer, beautifully sung by these women, like a nine-minute thing I have on my, my, uh, my iTunes thing. Always causes me to cry, because it's sort of like you're in the antechamber of what you would think was a celestial realm. It's just so, it's like all the weight of all the limitations of being a body and not being able to express love and all this shit that can happen here. Like, it was like cloth, it was like clothing you could just take off, washed with this incredible, lovely female voice, you know? It provokes a lot of cathartic movement in me. It was incredibly beautiful. I mean, I just loved it. And it wasn't like something I planned. I just realized I felt the, I felt the possibility. Went through this thing, all right, going here. I just started laughing and crying. Because I kind of picked up a lot of stuff the last few months. You know, energetically. I haven't been able to go in the water, which clears your energy, the ions and stuff. I haven't been in the ocean for four months. So, picking up stuff. Yeah, so, as not me, as the body. So let's take a shower, so in a way. It's so incredible. This is what can happen. You know, let your mind become free range. Yeah. Lose yourself in music. Lose yourself in whatever. Yeah. 
It'll give you a flavor of what you can't buy here. You know, it'll give you a flavor of what you know prior to knowing. You are not of this place. You are not of this place. You are of. This. There is an essence or a, a quality of you that that uh, isn't readily apparent here. Yeah. Yet it's available in mind. Yeah. It is never will never be forgotten. No matter how much you remember what's not so, it can never be forgotten. It's always is, and it's available. Yeah. And it's because of its always being available, it's truly reliable. Yeah, and there's no requirements necessary to meet it. You're already it. The only requirements may be to break down your obsession and identification as what you're not a little bit, so that what you are can start shining uninhibited. You know, it only takes in this world, in this time where there's buildings and we can live in separation. You can have the all-powerful sun, and all it takes is a five-cent paper shade to block it from you in this room. Well, we're in a mental fucking room of separation that can block, that can seemingly block us off from the sunlight of the spirit. It can't, but it can seemingly can. And if you follow the shade and look at what's holding it down, it's you. <laughs> the shade isn't, that's not its natural state. It can, if you let go, it would fly up, and then the light would rush in. Yeah. It wouldn't take any time to get in here, and it would never freaking leave. So... You're like a free-range alcoholic, brother. You, know? you honor the coop, but you're not cooped up in it. <laughs> That's what AA is about. It's about freedom. It's not it's just... A, it's about... You have a way of life to express the freedom in, but the way of life isn't the freedom. You're the freedom. Yeah. It gives you a way of life to express it freely because it's based on service and stuff like that which is very easy to get out of oneself yeah, by doing by helping others so yeah well 